The Lord be with you. A reading from the conclusion of the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are the witnesses of these things. Behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, raised his hands, blessed them. As he blessed them, he parted from them and was taken up to heaven. They did him homage and then returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple praising God. The Gospel of the Lord. There is something in us that very naturally wants to cling to what we find to be beautiful and loving. If there is someone who enters our lives and that person becomes part of our lives, we want that person to stay, to remain. If two people are in love, it's painful to part even for a moment or a day. We want them to stay. We want not just the love of the person, but the beauty of the person something more than just myself. And the greater the love, the greater the beauty, the more difficult it is to part from that person. Our Lord was on this earth for a very short period of time. He came in a human nature and walked among us roughly 33 years. He was intimate with his people. And in particular, with the Twelve. And now, the moment comes when he must leave. And quite naturally, you would think that they don't want him to leave. 
They want him to stay. I think one of the most beautiful prayers in Scripture is in St. Luke's Gospel on the road to Emmaus, when our Lord is walking with those two disciples and explaining the Scriptures to them. And they don't know who he is yet. And when they get to where they're going, he appears to be going farther. And they say to him, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening, and the day is now far spent. Stay with us. They don't yet know who he is, but they want him to stay. And so it is with the apostles. But our Lord cannot stay. He said to them in the scriptures, It is better for you that I go. If I don't go, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. They don't know what that means. That's next Sunday, Pentecost. It's better that I go. He would no longer be localized in one place in one time. That isn't why he came. He came to be universalized. He came to be present to all people for all time. And so he takes them out in today's gospel and says, Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And he then tells them, You are witnesses of these things, and I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. They have to wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit. They can't do it on their own. And then he led them out as far as Bethany, raised his hands, blessed them, and parted from them. Again, this must happen. He will not be localized. He will not be simply in Israel. He will not be simply in one part of the world. He must be present to all of us. So now he goes to his glory. He goes back to the Father, to the glory of the Father, which is what we are meant to do if we should choose with the grace of God to do it, to someday share in that glory, in that beauty. St. Thomas Aquinas wrote many beautiful prayers and hymns, um, but he, he always saw the glory of God already present and always yearned for the glory that was yet to come. Uh, he always realized the glory of the Lord here and the, longed for the glory of the perfection of heaven. He had one hymn, prayer I remember that was people always think of St. Thomas as being kind of cold and a steel intellect. He wasn't like that at all. He was a very warm, wonderful man, it would seem. But he said, loving God, let every day combine the beauty of spring, the brightness of summer, the abundance of autumn and the repose of winter. And at the end of my life on earth, grant that I may come to see and to know you in the fullness of your glory. That was the first reading. Remember that? Our Lord ascends into heaven and they're standing there looking up to heaven. And the angels appear, the two men in white. Well, who else can they be? Uh, 
And they say, men of Galilee, why are you standing here looking up into heaven? This Jesus will come back just as he has left you. Will he? Yes. Will he come back in the fullness of his glory that St. Thomas is praying for? Yes, he will. But that's not all. He will come back, and he will come back now. Now he will be universalized to all humanity. He will do it, as we will see next week, in his church. And of course, as we know, he will do it in the Eucharist. So we are already entering in, not to the fullness of his glory, but to the glory as we are meant to know it and meant to experience it. He's given us that great vision. So, we then today will realize that presence. We'll realize that we are beginning to enter into what we hope to experience at the end of our lives on earth, as St. Thomas prayed for it. We then are going to be that constant vision to the world of Jesus Christ crucified and risen from the dead. We are the vision of what we have received. We don't have to stand here looking up into heaven. We can do that from time to time. We have to. That's what prayer is all about. But we realize his presence here. We realize our own experience of that presence. We realize that which is yet to come. So we live in one, but all of our hope is in another.